most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your Stockwatch episode for running backs heading into the 2023 season. We're going to talk about guys we think are undervalued, overvalued, according to early ADP. Here to break it down with me, as always, one of the top rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? Not much. Just, uh, you know, dealing with baseball WNBA NBA so you know just add some uh fancy football to the mix but yeah love love this time of year uh looking forward to talking about running backs my favorite position how about you yeah I'm starting to get into uh starting to kind of get my initial ranks situated nice. for, for this year so uh you know it's always fun uh NBA is winding down a little bit yeah. so uh yeah, I'm excited to talk some uh some running backs. I think we both have a lot of uh a lot of opinions uh on guys for this one. You know, it's not like quarterback and tight end. We're kind of, you know, there's a few guys here and there, but I think running back obviously one of the two make or break positions in fantasy. So uh let's start it right off. Who do you got undervalued at the running back position? And and I think it's fair to say our opinions might change a lot on these guys just because their, their value is tied to their teammates more than other positions. Um, so right now, um, the, the one guy um, I think is underrated right now. You actually have him. I'll let, I'll let you take this guy first. But the, the one guy. Well, you can I, have him. Is, I, I got, I, I switched. Oh, him, so okay, I have like okay. a bunch of other guys now. All so right. You can, you can go. Khalil Herbert. All right. Yeah. He's RB 35. Um, you know, David Montgomery has gone. But, you know, the Bears now have Deontay Foreman, Rashawn Johnson, who I think is a really talented rookie. Um, so there's perception that this could be a two, three-way running back by committee, which, you know, is certainly in the range of outcomes. But I think RB35 is the perfect time to take a flyer on a guy like Herbert, mainly because he's just really good. He's a really good running back. Last year, he was 14th in missed tackle rate, third in explosive run rate, fourth in yards uh, after contact, um, and first in rush yards over expected, uh, the next-gen stat set I love. So he's just a very talented running back. And, you know, whenever Dave Montgomery was out, he was a RB2, sometimes an RB1 type of guy. So I think, yeah, th- there's going to be some competition. Um, he might not be the workhorse back, but getting him at RB35, I-, I think there's just too much value there. That's a range where I like to take, you know, chances. Um, I-, I just think he's too talented to-, to let slip by past RB35. Yeah, you know, I think the his value is dropping a little bit because – I forget one somebody on NFL.com, I believe it was. Uh, I think it was Rosenthal projected Rashawn Johnson to be the starter. Um, but he kind of said, you know, this is kind of a, a reach. I'm just kind of throwing this out there. But uh, I think that's kind of knocking down Herbert. But I, I would think, you know, even in a potential committee, you know, he's the talent, the most talented guy, one of the more talented runners in the league. So, yeah, I think he's a, a good bet to uh, win that job and and hold on to it. 
I'll go with uh, let's start with Alexander Madison. Uh, he's the yeah. RB 30 right now, but it looks it, Dalvin Cook's very likely to be traded. Um, and I, you know, I would say more likely than not, uh, probably like 75% chance, if not higher. So you look at Madison and he just got the 6.3 mil guaranteed. And uh, if the minute Cook gets traded, Madison's value jumps, you know, to RB 15, 10-ish range, 21 and a half carries for 89 rushing yards per game in four starts uh, in 2021, along with uh, another 40 and a half receiving yards game and then in 2020 he had another couple of starts uh averaged uh, about 78 total yards and a touchdown so he's been very productive and he's still uh just 24 he turns 25 in june so uh, not a lot of tread on the tires and uh this viking offense should be solid uh so i like madison and i just think at this point of the year you know he's that one guy where you know it's a little bit risky you know there's a I guess there's still a chance Cook doesn't get traded, but uh, the, the odds are very high, and there's no one that's gonna jump up in value more uh, than Madison uh, if it, you know potentially uh, given ADP. So love Ma- getting ahead of Madison uh, early on here in late May. Yeah, I love that call, and uh, obviously he only hits value if Cook gets traded, and the fact that you think it's seventy five percent means that Madison should probably be inside the top 20. Yeah. Um, so I didn't realize you were that confident that he'll get traded, but I'll, I'll trust you. And yeah, just knowing that Madison is a steal at 35, uh, 32 yeah. right now. I mean, everything I'm reading, you know, around Cook is, it's looking like they're just trying to do him, you know, do right by him and, and try to send him to a, a spot he wants to go. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, like you saw them trade uh who was it? Zadarius Smith. Like this, this team, yeah. the cap is really killing them. So um, yeah, I, you know, I think that contract for Madison, you know, 6.3 mil guaranteed, you know, that's not backup uh, money. You know, that's, that's <laughs> kind of, you know, 150 plus carry uh, money. So yeah, I, yeah, I they, think the writing's on the wall. The uh, Instagram account or Twitter account swapped out Dalvin cook to Alexander Madison's picture or something. <laughs> you know, I do some internet sleuthing. Plus I think, you know, Delvin Cook's dealing with he he had surgery on his torn labrum, so he probably can't pass the physical to get traded right now. So mm. we're probably waiting for that ha- to happen. So the fact that he hasn't been traded yet isn't a surprise. I think that's that's what's the the holdup. Um, so yeah, like it seems likely that he will get traded. Yeah. All right. Uh, who else you got? So I'm going with your boy Rashad Penny, um, just because he's going RB 41 right now, and I think that's that's the perfect time to take a running back like him. Uh, I just think he has a ton of upside in the Eagles offense. You know, he he's averaged 5.7 yards per rush in his career. Now he gets to play behind arguably the best offensive line in football. Um, so he could have a few spike games, even with a limited workload, potentially behind DeAndre Swift. But, you know, he could form more of a 50-50 timeshare with Swift uh, when both are healthy. Uh, and, you know, Penny would probably mainly see early down work, which is the more fancy friendly role on the Eagles, especially, you know, if they're playing with a lead. Um, they love getting all the running backs involved in goal line carries. It seems like uh, one one time per month we see uh, three running backs and Jalen Hurts score a rushing touchdown a game. Um, the obvious concern with Penny is his health. You know, he's he's never able to stay healthy for, you know, all 16, 17 games. But at RB41, you know, you're – 
not, it's not really kill you if he misses a few games. So I think whether it's best ball or redraft leagues, I think RB 41 is the time to take a back like him where he doesn't necessarily need uh injury in front of him to hit value. So uh, I just love the the high floor ceiling combo he provides. Yeah. And let's not forget the Eagles didn't know Deandre Swift was going to become available. So True. when they rostered Penny and granted, they didn't really break the bank or anything, you know, so it was a very low risk move for them. Uh, I think he got like under a mil guaranteed or something like that, but uh, you know, he was kind of slotted into that Miles Sanders role yep. before the Swift acquisition. And I'm not sure that that changes massively. Obviously, I think, you know, you make room to, to get Swift a little bit more, uh, you know, of, of a of a split. But yeah, like you said, it could be a 50-50 split. It could even be Penny leading the backfield uh, when he's mm-hmm. healthy. And we've seen him, you know, we had that stretch where he was the best running back in football uh, a couple years ago. I, I think yep. it was the, what was it? 2021 like December so yeah like the last six games he was like RB two or one something like yep. that <laughs> yeah so I uh I, you know that's the kind of upside he still has uh especially as you mentioned behind this offensive line and what should be a high-powered offense that has a lot of uh a lot available for running backs even with Jalen Hurts running uh all right I'm going with Tyler Algier at running back 44. I think that, you know, Bijan uh, is going to be great. He's being drafted as a top five back. Fine. Great. But uh, I still think Algier is going to have more value than this uh, RB 44. Atlanta was second in the NFL with 26.7 running back carries per game. And Bijan, they've already said they're going to use him all over the field. They're going to have him line up in the slot out wide. So I think uh, Algier will still be uh, in the backfield quite a bit and get quite a bit of snaps because Patterson's the guy he's going to be shifting to wide receiver uh, pretty much full time, according to the uh, report. So I I think that Algier is being a little bit undervalued here, especially when you consider that, you know, he's got massive upside as a uh, a Robinson handcuff, you know, but I still think he'll be able to uh, give you some standalone flex value in that RB2 role. Like he'll get 10 plus carries a a bunch of weeks uh, in this offense, the way they want to run one of the best lines in the league. I think the offense will be, uh, will move the ball even more than last year. So uh, I like Algier down here at RB44. I feel like people are sleeping on him uh, because of Bijan. Yeah, yeah, I think that's sneaky because everybody wants Bijan, but they they could they're going to run it a shit ton, so yeah. he could see enough carries uh, a week to to have flex value, and obviously has the injury upside. Um, plus, you know, Caleb Huntley looks like he's going to start the season off on the IR. He had that Achilles tear, um, so that's one less running back to worry about. And then I don't know, it's Coriel Patterson could be a cut candidate or something, or mm. you know, move to wide receiver. But either way, I don't think we need to worry about. See Pat too much. Um, so yeah, there just isn't that much competition out, outside of Bijan, obviously. Uh, but Algier, you know, he has that number two role locked up to himself. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm seeing with Patterson is uh a move to wide receiver because you know, everyone's kind of looking at that Falcon depth chart right now and saying, you know, they don't have wide receivers, but really Hits is a wide receiver and uh Patterson's about to be a wide receiver. You don't even need to start Mac Hollins, you also got John who out there, so uh, I like I like how Atlanta's looking at the skill yeah. positions like Algier, but uh, who else he got for undervalued running backs? Uh, so f- my last one, I'm going way down here. Uh, I'm going Zach Evans at RB 59. Um, and that's, that's the range where you're, you're dealing with clear backups. And I just think the Rams was just a perfect landing spot for him. Um, you know, he should open the season as Cam Akers 
backup. You know, they have a similar skill set. Um, and you know, I don't I don't think he's gonna leapfrog Acres necessarily. You know, Acres finished last season strong, much to my chagrin. <laughs> um, finishing with three straight hundred yard games. Um, but it, you know, Zach Evans, he's he's pretty pretty talented, uh, but for various reasons, he didn't really produce up to his potential in college. So he could be sneaky um in the pros, he could surprise people. Um, so right now he's just the clear backup. I, again, I think Kyrie Williams is more of just the uh, receiving back. Um, if Akers were to miss time, it would be Evans that would step up. So I think you're getting a pretty good value on a clear number two back in Evans at uh, RB59. Pour one out for Kyron Williams. <laughs> yes, pour one out. Um, I mean, he could still be a factor, especially, you know, the Rams. What's their win total now? Six and a half. Yep. If, if they turn into a disaster and have more trailing game scripts, that could suit into Kyron Williams, but I'm done trying to figure out what Sean McVay is going to do with them. Uh, but Evans is more of a, a true workhorse back. So I think he could, um, yeah, he's very similar to Cam Akers. So I think he has a ton of upside uh, in this offense. Yeah, man. And you, know, I'll keep with the rookie train. You know, I think, you know, this is the time of year, try to take some shots on some rookies, you know, guys probably will end up moving up. Uh, I like Tank Bigsby uh, for Jacksonville, third round pick. Uh, has been showing out well as a pass catcher in camp. And Travis Etienne, I don't think they actually ever wanted to give him quite as big a role as he had last year. This James Robinson was so ineffective that they just kind of moved him and got what they could. But Etienne still had 10 games where he played 55% or less of the snaps, including three of the past four. And he had pretty good injury luck last year uh, because he did get banged up a couple of times, but he played in all 17 games. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that Bigsby, you know, that third round pick, that's pretty high draft capital for a, a Jacksonville team that had a lot of needs on defense. So I think this guy is going to play and, and win that number two job uh, sooner than later, probably coming out of camp by week one. And another thing I noticed with ETN, he only converted four of his 23 carries inside the 10 for touchdowns. So that's another spot where maybe Bigsby gets some look uh, there as well. So I think there is some, some nice upside here for a variety of reasons. You got the handcuff factor. I think Bigsby could end up get, getting that Robinson role, which would be a kind of a standalone uh, flex value. And uh, you also got the, 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 the goal potential goal line work yep. as well. So like, uh, like taking the flyer on Bigsby. He's RB 51 right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I love that. Um, I was going to say he, he does kind of fit that bill for the James Robinson role and, you know, the goal line role and the Jaguars offense could be pretty pumped this year. So that that goal line role could allow him to score, you know, five day touchdowns easily. Yeah, he's, you know, kind of uh, one of those guys I think might surprise people. And one more, uh, Jalen Warren, he's RB 64. I think that's too low. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to cut into Najee Harris's workload a little bit. You know, he was better than Najee in yards after contact, 3.1 to 2.7. And and that's predictive. You know, the yards before contact is a lot more random and it's uh, a lot more to do with the the, the quality of your line. But after contact, that's uh, a little more sticky uh, year over year. Also, yards per route run, another one of those stickier metrics. Uh, Warren, 1.3, Najee, 0.8. So half a yard per route better is Jalen Warren and he was the better pass blocker last year too just two pressures on 50 pass block snaps compared to eight pressures allowed for Najee on 90 so Najee allowed a pressure rate of nine percent versus just four percent for Warren so I think Warren's uh, usage is going to kind of tick up 
And another guy who's that clear handcuff, I think, for for Najee going pretty late here. And Najee going pretty early. So I like the kind of uh, the leverage you're getting just by taking a flyer on him in, in like a best ball format or something like that, too. Yeah, I love this. And that, this kind of leads into my uh, first guy I was going to mention that's overrated, actually. Let's go. Uh, that's Najee Harris. You know, right now, he's right around RB9. Uh, and the main selling point for Najee has always been just the massive volume that he gets. He's never really been that efficient. Um, but, you know, last season, you said Jalen Warren might eat into his usage. He's already eating into his usage, especially in the receiving uh, role, like you mentioned. Najee only cleared... 60% routes run rate last year twice. Hmm. Um, so that's just, he's just not going to get it done with that. So um, I still think he has a high floor and deserves to be in the, you know, fringe RB1, RB2 discussion. But I rather take a Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson uh, type of guy who, you know, they, they both have pretty high floors, but also much higher ceilings um, in their offense. So does Najee at RB9 seems a little too steep. Uh, for me, especially, you know, like you said, Jalen Warren was just really good last year. He's a really good back. So um, I can only see him eating into Najee's role even more, which basically just kneecaps the the whole entire point of drafting Najee uh, to begin with. Yeah. And I mean, he, he had seven touchdowns last year, which he probably should have had more because Pittsburgh only threw 12 touchdowns and they had 16 rushing and somehow Najee played all 17 games had 272 carries and only had seven touchdowns. So uh, like, I don't know if he's going to have a more opportunity for touchdowns this year uh, than he did last year. I think that was kind of the perfect, uh, you know, kind of situation. Although he did get three, three, three receiving, but overall, yeah, I think Najee is kind of, it's, you know, RB 10 is, or RB nine is rich for him. Cause I don't know if he's got much upside beyond that. Um, like, cause like you said, the receiving usage just isn't there the way it was, uh, in his rookie year. Okay, folks, summer is nearly here. So let's talk about Shady Rays, friends of the action podcast family. Shady Rays is an independent company offering world-class polarized sunglasses, just as good as any expensive pair you've worn. And like our unshakable gambling spirits, their frames are incredibly durable. Plus, Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose your shades or break them even a minute after they arrive, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, that's fine. Nobody gets mad. Just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. It's not like betting the Devils or the Knicks, for example. So exclusively for our podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Uh, for me, my number one overvalued guy is Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, like this, he just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. You have that new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. So you know Scott Turner's out, and everything I'm hearing out of camp, it, it you know reading between the lines, it kind of sounds like it, that was Turner's doing with you know going to Robinson and going away from Gibson and, and all that stuff because Eric Bieniemy said he quote unquote 
uh, folk loves a uh, six rounder, Chris Rodriguez, who was like a, a, another Brian Robinson, early down physical short yardage guy. Uh, and then uh, he also said he's excited about Gibson. And then Ron Rivera said he would like to see Gibson uh, get more tries quote, obviously. So <laughs> the only guy that I haven't heard talked up by B enemy and Ron Rivera this uh -oh. offseason has been Brian Robinson. And I think, you know, you could kind of understand why, especially when you have a new offensive coordinator coming in, because uh, Robinson, very volume-based and inefficient, just 3.9 yards per carry uh, on and two touchdowns and 205 carries, just 6.7 yards per catch, 50th of 60 qualified backs in yards after contact, which is not great for a guy who's supposed to be, you know, big bruising uh, back. And he's very game script dependent, 17.1 carries per game last mm -hmm. year, despite playing just 43% of the snaps, average just one target and uh, 0.8 catches per game. And Washington actually went six, five and one in the 12 games mm -hmm. Robinson played their win total for this entire year is six and a half. So uh, you can see some worse game scripts. I, I just don't think the enemy uh, is sold on, on Robinson. Sounds like they're, they're going to go a little bit more Gibson and uh, they may even give this, uh, this guy Rodriguez some, some cracks as well. So yeah, Robinson, I, I, I'm not feeling him uh, in the top 30. He's RB 29 right now. I think he should be outside the, uh, the top 36 uh, until we can kind of, get more clarity that his role will be anything close to what it was last year, which I don't think it will be anyway. Cause like I said, I just don't think Washington will have those game scripts. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. He He's definitely game script dependent and you know, the commanders aren't going to provide him any games, uh, you know, to, to see a bunch of carries. So I think, yeah, their, their schedule, you know, their win total sets up Gibson way better. Gibson will finally get to take over that JD McKissick role. That's more of a natural playing style for him. So yeah, it's especially with Chris Rodriguez Jr. in the mix. I, I don't see how you could take uh, Robinson in the top 30 right now. Uh, who else you got? So, you know, I was under, you know, I thought Rashad Penny was undervalued. So I got to go with DeAndre Swift being overvalued at RB 20 right now. Um, you know, after the Lions brought in David Montgomery and then drafted Jameer Gibbs, uh, Swift landing in Philly was the best case scenario for Swift. But I think, you know, his ADP is slightly out of control at this point. Um, you know, he should be the week one starter in an elite offense behind a great offensive line. We obviously know Swift is very talented, but, um, you know, I'm just worried about his receiving potential in this offense. The, the Eagles aren't really a team that really throw to the running back much. You know, Jalen Hurts is more likely to scramble than he is to dump it off to a running back. So there were 10 games last year where they had three or fewer running back targets. Now, that could change now that they have a pass catching back like Swift, but I don't expect it to go up too much. So I think that just caps his upside. Um, and he's going to have to share the wealth with Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell. They always love getting Boston Scott involved, especially around the goal line. So it's just one of those situations where the Eagles have so many running backs. It's just hard to take the most expensive guy who is Swift at RB20 right now. And I just rather, you know, invest in Penny later on. Um, not to say that I think Swift will be a bust or anything, but just RB20 is too rich uh, just given the situation. We we don't really know uh, how things are going to shake out. Yeah, you know, that that's the thing with the Eagles is that we really just don't know at this point. And, you know, we have two new guys in that backfield to go along with Gainwell and Scott, you know, so we'll see even, you know, even how does that depth chart shake out? You know, do they 
Uh, is one of those guys a healthy scratch? Do they cut one of them? Are is all are all four active on game day? Like it, it's a it's an interesting situation. Definitely something to uh, monitor in camp. But I agree. I think he right now you take the uh, the cheaper guy in, in Penny, and uh, maybe Swift falls down a couple notches uh, come August. Another overvalued guy for me, Brees Hall at RB ten, and this is just uh, super high considering that we really don't have clarity on exactly when he'll be back. He's coming off uh, an ACL, which he tore in week seven. Uh, They're saying he could be ready for week one. It's still not a guarantee. GM Joe Douglas uh, was quoted as saying they have to protect him from himself. So I don't know if he gets a full workload right off the bat. Anyway, he's also a a regression candidate. He's very good back, but 21% of his yardage from scrimmage came on two touches last year he had a 62 (laughs) yard run and a 79 yard catch uh so he had 99 touches uh 681 yards and he had 141 of them came on two of those 99 so i there's some regression questions there and also you know can he continue to break off those monster runs uh Mm -hmm. coming off the the injury and you also have some other questions on the offense obviously rogers is an upgrade, but your offensive line, still some question marks as far as run blocking. They were dead last in adjusted line yards uh, a season ago. And, you know, it's a new offense with Nathaniel Hackett. So not sure exactly, you know, how the the scheme is going to be, exactly what he has planned and how he wants to use Hall. So just too many question marks uh, at RB10. You know, if if I was getting a little more of an injury discount, maybe in the mid-teens, low-teens, or high teens, I should say, mm-hmm. then, yeah. But I think it's way too early to be taking him as a surefire uh, RB1 at this point where we really – just too many question marks all around. Yeah, I agree. He, he's a guy that, you know, our rank on him, our projections might go up and down based on the news. But as of now, he's yet to return to practice, I think. So um, definitely worrisome. Obviously, he's one of the more talented young running backs. But they they also drafted Israel Abanakanda, who I love. So they have him, Michael Carter. So he has competition for touches. They probably won't give him a massive workload, at least early on, to ease him in. So, yeah, right now, top 10 is a bit rich, unless we start getting some more positive news on his week one availability. But certainly, he has the potential to be a top 10 back when healthy. All right, who uh, who else you got overvalued? Uh, so I'm going with James Cook, who, you know, I love James Cook. Last year, I thought he should have been more involved. But right now, he's RB24, and that's just that's – just, probably closer to his ceiling uh if anything um you know with Devin Singletary gone he should see an increased role but they brought in Damian Harris you know who's probably going to handle the goal line work um and you know the the Bills know Cook probably can't handle a true workhorse role so you know he's likely to see carries inside the 20s um and handle the receiving downwork but on the Bills you know that receiving role isn't too valuable um or the goal line back I feel like every year we we're kind of more excited about Bill's running backs than we should be. <laughs> so yeah. I've learned to kind of be a little bit more pessimistic about them. So, uh, and it's also bizarre that they traded for Naheem Hines and didn't even use him in the, you know, the passing game. So there's a chance Hines is integrated in the offense a little bit more this year, and that's only going to hurt cook. Um, so just RB 24 just seems way too high for cook. I love him as a talent, but he just have the, he doesn't have the skill set to really be a work, workhorse back and really command that ADP right now. Um, so I'm, I'm punting on him at RB24. 
Yeah, and it really seems like they're trying to go, you know, bring back that Zach Moss role because they not only signed yeah. Damian Harris, but they also signed Latavius Murray. So they're clearly they clearly want like a big back that's a, that has a different skill set than Cook, and that would be bad news, like you yeah. said, for his touchdown upside. And I don't even know if he has that like. You know, remember Devin Singletary? There would be stretches where he would play like 90% of the snaps. You know, if Harris and Hines are active and maybe even Murray's around, uh, I don't know if Cook has that that same upside. And uh yeah, so it's it's kind of tough to figure out exactly where he's gonna get get his uh get the upside. Cause if you're drafting a guy, you know, mid-20s, you do want that RB1 upside. And I feel like his ceiling is kind of tapped out at RB2. Exactly. Another guy overvalued for me, Jarek McKinnon. He's going RB40 right now. Uh, massive regression candidate. He had a five-game stretch, weeks 13 to 17, where he scored eight touchdowns. Uh, and he had a career-high 10 touchdowns uh, last year on 128 touches. That means he scored a touchdown uh, every 12.8 touches. For his career, he scores a touchdown every 40 touches. So massive regression candidate, even with the Chiefs offense. Uh, he didn't crack nine half PPR points in any other game outside that week 13 to 17 stretch, double digit PPR points in just two other games. And even the 17 games played that he had last year, you know, not necessarily a guarantee to continue because he's missed 36 games over the past five seasons. He also put up a career high in yards per catch at over nine. His career average is around seven and a half. So pretty much every category He's due for regression. He's 31 years old now, and he still only averaged four carries and 3.3 catches per game last year. So just 7.3 touches. So these kind of backs, these the guys that, you know, kind of splash in PPR and, and kill their ADP, you want to get ahead of them. You don't want to draft them after the fact because they almost always regress back down to the mean and, uh, at age 31, you know, that's, you know, running backs. I know he doesn't have a ton of tread on the tires, but still, uh, I think his best role is still a pass blocker from a Holmes, occasional receiver, but uh, I don't think you're going to see him probably even eclipse this, the 7.3 touches he got uh, last year. Yeah. Especially considering, um, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire missed what eight, nine games. Mm -hmm. uh, so McKinnon picked up basically, you know, all those passing down snaps um, not that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is ever going to live up to his first-round billing, but his return could just eat into McKinnon just a little bit more. Um, so I think just last year was McKinnon's ceiling, obviously. Yeah, and uh, one more, Raheem Mostert. He's going RB45. And another guy who, uh, 31 years old, I think he got a fade, a, a guy like this. I, I know he had some some good games for Miami last year, but they traded for Wilson and Mostert, they both signed two-year contracts. Mostert got less money guaranteed and total on his contract in Wilson. And they also got Devon A-Chain, uh, who they drafted on day two. And they are considered the top landing spot for Dalvin Cook. So uh, the fact that Miami's interested there uh, just tells me that, you know, Mostert probably is going to be, even if he's getting – uh, you know, some work, it's going to be really hard to predict and it's going to be split with Wilson. And if Cook goes there, forget about it. And A-Chain could also factor in 
uh, on passing downs or as a change of pace as well. So uh, most are 26 missed games his last three years, 31 years old. It, it I don't think you want to draft him uh, as a, as a, even in the top 50, I think, I think he's the guy you have to fade in, in this Miami backfield. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Just a running back that's leaned on speed his entire career. You know, once he once he reaches the, the wrong side of 30, that's never good. Um, and they just drafted a 21-year-old speedster. So that that's not good for most of his prospects. But going back to Dalvin Cook, do you think that the Dolphins are one of the likely teams that he ends up? Because that's something that we should probably be factoring in. Yeah, I think it's I mean, I think it's possible. Um, you know, they do they did you know sign Mostert and Wilson to fairly cheap contracts, but um, you know, I think if with the opportunity to get Dalvin, I don't think they would necessarily pass on it. And um, either way, I just think this backfield is super crowded with with A Chain. Yeah, you know, that could be a three man backfield from the jump. And uh, you know, got to fade the thirty one year old <laughs> in in this situation, especially yeah. when he's he's not a true. Uh, three down back. Like I know he got some catches here and there, but he's more of a two down back. So you're talking about a 31 year old two down back who relies on speed, like you said. So yeah, out on him. Uh, anyone else overvalued for you? No, that's all I got. All right. So uh, to recap, for your undervalued players, you got Khalil Herbert, Rashad Penny, uh, and Zach Evans. I got Alexander Madison, Tyler Algier, Tank Bisbee. Jalen Warren, and uh, for overvalued, you got DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, and James Cook, and I got Brian Robinson Jr., Brees Hall, Jarek McKinnon, and Raheem Mostert. That is going to wrap it up for our Running Back 2023 Stock Watch episode. We'll be back next week with our wide receiver episode if you missed us talking qb and tight end last week that episode is out now right here on the fantasy flex feed and you can find sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker and me at chris raybon and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app until next time let's get this money Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.